Hello and good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad to see you in the house of God on today. It is a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day that the Lord has made. And I'm sure everyone who's either watched the news or once you stepped outside, you realize it's a little cooler today than it was yesterday. But this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day the Lord has made. And I just want to say, you know, aside from the message that, as you all know, next week, the Lord delay his coming. We'll be celebrating Thanksgiving with family, friends, by ourselves or whatever we do. But as we enter into this holiday season, let's remember to give thanks. We should give thanks every day, but let's remember to give thanks. We may not have the things that we desire. We may not be in the place or the position that we set, the goals we set for this year and said, you know, by this time I want to have accomplished this and I want to have done this. I want to go to this place. And maybe none of that has happened, but give thanks. The other day I was on my route and I was over in Norfolk and I was driving by a place where we used to take meals to feed homeless people. And as I was driving by, I looked over just out of the corner of my eye and I, I saw a church and there was a fence around this church. And I first thing that caught my eye was just a lot of trash that either had been left there or the wind had blown, you know, in up next to the fence. But then the very last minute, I turned my head and there alongside the road in the pouring rain were these homeless people in the rain, just sitting there talking. Like it was 80 degrees in sunshine because they have no place to go. They don't have a roof over their head, don't know where their next meal is coming from. So wherever we are, you all, please, not for me, not for anybody else, but for yourself. All your life, God has been faithful. And give thanks. I'm seeing changes in my own personal body and I'm not 20 anymore but I thank God I'm still here I thank God that I am still here anybody can attest to that just thanking God that you are still here amen hallelujah so for those of you who are watching online those of you in the building just remember God is good all the time and all the time God is good we're so glad that you're taking this time to join Open Altar Worship Center, Pastor Robert Spady, Pastor Wendy Spady. Yeah, we're related. And we're just so glad you're here with us on the day. And we believe that God is already moving in your life. He's moving in our lives. He's here. The Spirit of God is present right here today because His Word, God can't lie. And He said, where two or three are gathered together in His name, He said, I'll be there. Don't, don't ask me to come in. I'm here. If you're gathered together in my name, my word declares that I must be here. So thank you for joining us on today. Thank you so much. We want to invite you to connect with us, a prayer requests, a praise report, whatever it is. If you just want to say how good God has been in your life, just drop us a line. Text us to text OA Connect to 55498. Text OA Connect to 55498. We would just love just to hear from us. Just to say hi. How are you all doing? We also want to tell you that we invite you, if the Lord leads you, and we pray that He does, to sow a seed to this ministry. 
sow a seed into this ministry because we believe in reaching out and giving back to the community. Such has been given to us, we want to give. We desire that everyone have a heart that they desire to get that they can give. Not to give so they can get it. Let's not look at God as though he's some type of lottery or slot machine. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to put $100 in, I'm going to get $100 back. No. Like, Lord, if you give it to me, or should I say when you give it to me, and he said he'll give seed to the sore, Lord, when you give it to me, I'll give it right back. So if you desire to give, you can give in person, you can give online, go to our website, download our app, whatever way possible. We would love and God will bless if you sow a seed. Hallelujah. So I guess that's it for announcements right now. Um, just welcome you all. Just welcome. Thank you all so much. Um, so let's just move forward. Let's just move forward with the message on today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, because you are God all by yourself. Lord, with the changing of offices because of elections, with the changing of the weather, Father, with the changing of the time like daylight saving time, with all of the changes that occur day to day, week to week, month to month, and year after year, you said, I am the Lord God, I change not. So we can always go to you morning, noon, and night. And so, Lord, we come to you now boldly before your throne, Lord, that we can find grace to help in the time of need. I pray, Lord, that I would decrease, that you will increase. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. And as I speak these words, I pray, Lord, and believe by your word that they will fall upon fertile ground, and bring forth a harvest, some 30, some 60, some hundredfold. And finally, Lord, we know your word declares that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we thank you, Lord, for everyone for whom these seeds shall fall on. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We're continuing in the book of Ephesians. Uh, I thank God for Pastor Wendy and her excellent Uh, teaching on last week Um, and the the most important thing is not just to hear the word but also to apply it to your life so we want to make sure that everything we're saying everything we're teaching to you is applicable to your everyday life not well you know someday I might run into that situation and oh yeah I'll apply it then but every single day you can say wow you know Lord I I read your Bible this morning and I'm gonna take that I'm gonna apply that on today And that's what we want to do for you. So if you have your Bibles, and we pray that you do, or your phones, whatever device, whatever means you use, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at uh, verse 1. And it doesn't matter which version you're using, we're all going to get there to the same place. So beginning at verse 1, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, to the Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, 
how that by revelation he made known the mystery as I have already written, written already, by which when you read, you may understand the knowledge of the mystery or in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has been revealed to the, by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Verse 6, that in the Gentiles, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. All of that, it, it's running on, but we're going to break it down. Not all of it, because there's a lot of words in there that, you know, one or two words in a sentence or a paragraph can kind of throw off the meaning. But we want to make sure that you understand. And again, to make it applicable to your everyday life. So my first point, and I only have two today. My first point is this, is that we are fellow heirs of his promises. We are fellow heirs of his promise. The Bible tells us that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. But we are fellow heirs with whatever promises God has. There is nothing that's written in the Bible that God is not willing to give to those who ask. Amen? If you ask for it, God said, I'll give it to you. But of course, you know, we can't be doing everything we want to do. And it's like, oh, Lord, by the way, I need a blessing. We've got to, I mean, you know, you can't just not do your homework and expect to get an A out of a class. Got to do your homework. Got to do your research. So in verse 1, he says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of uh, Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. Now understand he uses the word prisoner. How many prisoners do we have in here? Any prisoners? Anybody locked up abroad or y'all, anybody been on cops? (laughs) Okay, I see a few, but you're denying it. But when he uses the word prisoner, think of, think of this. The word legally, excuse me, the word prisoner means a person legally held imprisonment for punishment for crimes that they have committed. Anybody in here ever committed a crime? Okay, how many of you, when the speed limit says 55, you drive 54 and below? No, you drive 60, 65, hopefully nobody's looking 70, okay? Anybody ever taken a pen or a roll of tape from work, maybe some paper clips, a notebook pad? Anybody ever taken any of that stuff home and didn't ask for permission? Okay, we, we've all committed crimes. It's like, no, did we go to jail? No, but we broke the laws. The company didn't say, hey, there's a closet over there full of supplies. If you need any, take them home. We break those laws. But Paul says he's a prisoner because of the crimes he committed. And I'll get to what those crimes were in a moment. But why would he use the word prisoner? What crimes did Paul commit? But when I think of the word prisoner, I also think of Paul and other writers in the New Testament use the word slave. Do we have any slaves in here? No slaves. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to go there. All right. We don't have any slaves. But the definition of a slave is a person who is the legal property of another and is forced to obey them. 
you are the legal property of another and you are forced to obey them. We know that at one time, um, back in the 1800s, or for several decades, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm losing my history right now, that history, I mean, that slavery was prominent in America. Slavery was prominent in America. I don't want to get into the whole history of it, but we, um, we had slavery here. And some people were the property, legal property of others, despite their will, Someone could say, you belong to me. Now go and do as I tell you or suffer the consequences. But Paul likens himself to be a slave and a prisoner. In uh, Romans chapter 6, he tells us that we are slaves to whom we render ourselves to. Do you render yourself to the will of God to do what he says? Then you're a slave of righteousness, what the Bible says. But some of us, we're slaves to our spouses. We're slaves to our job. We're slaves to, com- to commit ourselves. as like, you know, you'll cuss people out. But if you see a puppy on the street, you're like, no, don't hurt them. Oh, save the animals, you know. And we're so passionate about something or we're passionate about everything. I know myself, and I'm, I'm telling the truth. I am a slave to snacks. And I mean, it may sound like a joke, but I find myself like on yesterday. It's one of those days didn't have much going on. It's like, what's, what am I going to eat? Go downstairs, grab some cookies. Go back upstairs. Come back downstairs, got to get some chips. Go back upstairs. Come back downstairs. You know, got to get some cookies. You know, go back upstairs. It's like, got to get some more chips. It's like, and I'm a, I find myself being a slave to my stomach. And the sad part about it is the stomach and the mouth work together. You know, it goes in there and it comes down to here. And the stomach's saying, I've had enough. But the mouth says, no, 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 I got a taste for something else. You know, we eat in restaurants and like, man, that food just won't good. So what do we do? We go find someplace else to eat. And the stomach's like, hey, time out. But nevertheless, Paul calls himself to be a prisoner because he realizes the crimes that he has committed. So therefore, he feels himself to be worthy to be punished for anything that happens in his life. Not that God is putting punishment on him, but certain things we do in our lives that even though we correct ourselves and we correct our situations, there's still repercussions for our actions. Because I I promise you now that the prisons are full of born-again believers. The prisons are full of preachers because they have truly devoted their hearts and their lives to God after the fact, but they've still got to pay for their crimes. Hallelujah. But he says, um, let's jump down to, uh, or excuse me, in verse 2, he says, and you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God given to me for you. Now, dispensation, uh, I don't want to use the biblical term. I want to use the everyday common term. Um, A dispensation is the action of distributing or supplying something. So he's saying, I have been given grace, and as much grace as I've been given, I'm going to give to everyone I know. Anyone willing to extend grace to another person? You know someone has offended you, and you're like, you know something? I'm not going to retaliate. I got every right to. Oh, I'm feeling it right now. If they do that one more time, It's on like Donkey Kong. 
That's old saying, I know, I know. But Paul's saying, but this dispensation of grace that's been given to me, I'm going to give it back to you. I'm going to give it back to me because, and again, I'll get to it in a minute, who Paul was, Paul had no problem. Paul had no problem with taking out his frustrations on you. Then verse 3, and I'm going to try to sum all of these together, but at the same time, I want you to get some, something out of it. He says, and in verse 3, he says, How that by the revelation he made known the mystery, as I have already briefly said, he's been talking about these mysteries, which by when you read that you may understand the knowledge of the mystery of Christ. Now, understand, when we hear the word mystery, let's, let's do a quick Q&A. What do you think of when you hear the word mystery? Suspense, good one. Somebody else? Unknown? What about a movie when you're like, oh, it's a mystery? Something unsolved? Do you ever think of like something dark and cloudy and, you know, hey, let's hide behind the chainsaws. (laughs) No, let's get in the running car. (laughs) But when we think of mystery, sometimes our mind can go to the dark things. But he's just saying the only mystery is you just don't know what it is. And that's the way God's word is. It's simply what we don't know. That's the only mystery right now. But what Paul was referring to, the mystery was, is the Jews are God's chosen people. And anyone outside of that, the Bible calls often as Gentiles. So we're the Gentiles. And the, the thing is, it's okay, well, we've got God's chosen people and the people who aren't chosen. But we've got to bring them all together. That was the mystery. How do we do this? And the only way for that to happen was for Christ to come and to die for all. So guess what? Mystery solved. So when you see that in this, in this passage of Scripture, that's all it is. And the beauty I like about it is... As many times in the Bible, we're like, well, I don't understand that verse. I don't understand that scripture. Well, if we continue to read down or maybe start a few verses above, it becomes light to us. And so he continues to say, excuse me, in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. It wasn't made known, but notice how it says, can you put that back up? Notice how it says, revealed to us by the what? Capital S Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, 26, he said that I'm going to send the comforter to you and he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. So the Holy Spirit is like, Lord, I don't. I'm, I'm really trying to figure out this problem on this test, and I don't, I don't, Lord, I need you to break it down for me. Lord, you know, I remember how to get to so-and-so's house, but it's been a while. Lord, can you re- remember, because I can't really stop and use my phone and GPS and whatever. Lord, re- remind me, show me how to get to that place I was before. The Holy Spirit will teach you whatever you need to know. And if you have a test, you have an exam, whatever, God's like, I will bring it back to your remembrance. But then he goes on to say, it's revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. You're like, well, I'm not a prophet. That's just a term. That's just a term. 
From Genesis to Revelation, if it's written in God's word and we want to know what it is, God will reveal it to you. It is not just for the, the hierarchy or the people in position, those who have titles and positions. If you are a child of God, and, and trust me, there are people who are not saved who read the Bible. But if you are a child of God, God says, I will reveal it to you by my spirit. Because the great things of God confound even the wisest of people. But to those who are like, well, Lord, you know, I really don't understand what this word means. Well, God's like, you got a dictionary? Well, <laughs> pull out a dictionary. And he'll reveal them to you. Because the mystery is no good to us if we can't understand it and apply it. Y'all get anything out of this? Okay. But this, the word of God truly is no more a mystery to us. And Dr. Dr. Uh, David can attest to this. It's no more mystery to the believer than calculus, world history, biology, trigonometry, and all those other college courses that I have never taken. And you're like, I don't understand. I don't understand the word of God. Well, if you go and read the word of God and you study the word of God, you will know the word of God. Just like if I enroll into college and I take the courses and I study the, the homework and I do the homework, then I can pass the test. There is no greater mystery in one than the other, except you don't get involved. When we pick up our word, it's like, man, I've read that scripture so many times and I never saw that. But God said, you're ready today. Today you're ready. Like, wow. But again, I say to you in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, when I talked about the... um, the bonding that Jesus said, or excuse me, Paul says, according to the word that in Galatians 3:28, he said, there is neither Jew nor Greek or Gentile. He's saying we're all the same. There is neither slave nor free. And slavery was common during that time. And so Paul had to address it. He's not saying just because you're a slave, you can't serve God. There is neither what male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. And the truth of it is, I'm no greater as a pastor than anyone in this room. My, the favor of God is no greater on me than it is on any one of you. It's just that I have a greater responsibility. And on that day, I will have to give an account for the people whose lives I'm supposed to touch, just like you will have to do the same. But God's like, you know, it's like, Lord, you know, um, we the people, the black people who are Christians, or we the, the Orientals who are Christians, and we the Mexicans, you know what? God's like, no, I don't want to hear about your color. I don't want to hear about your race. I don't want to hear about your political parties. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. What did you do with the word I gave you? But Paul, by all rights, feels that he has been given the ability to understand and to practice all these things. My second point is this. 
pressing under pressure. How many of you have ever taken a questionnaire and they said, you know, rate yourself on a scale of one to five. Uh, you know, are you, are you flexible? And you're like, yeah, I'm flexible. <laughs> you know, are you willing to work overtime? Are you willing to relocate for this job? And all these attributes we say, but moment pressure comes. Ah, you know, I can't work late tonight. <laughs> you, you know, you got a doctor's appointment. I, I, I got, hold on. <laughs> you know, we, we say that we can do this. We can do that. We can joke. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I can multitask. No, you can't. You cannot multitask. And, and, and granted, some people, they can. They can do, you know, several things, more than one thing at one time. All right. But can we press under pressure? Can you press? Because as they say, you know, uh, 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 street terminology or, or layman's uh, interpretation of integrity is, what do you do when other people aren't looking? When nobody is looking, what are you doing? And it may not be you're, you're out here, you know, um, just breaking the law. But it's like, man, we put the camera on Joe and Joe goes to sleep. He's just not, he's not productive. If nobody is watching Joe, Joe works at half the speed. But we've got to learn to press under pressure. So let's pick up again at verse 8 through verse 13. He says, to me who am less than the least of all the saints. He says, whoever the least of them are, he says, I'm even less than that. This grace was given. And I I just want to pause right there. And I'm thinking, for the life of me, I cannot fathom, and we never will fathom what is the height and the depth, the width and the length of God's love towards us. And then you give me grace. I cannot think of all the things I've done in all of my life that I deserve to take one single breath. One single thing. But he goes on to say that I should even preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 9. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages was hidden in God who created all things through Christ Jesus to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in uh, Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. In verse 13, therefore, I ask you, do not lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your glory. Don't lose heart. So in verse 8, and I told you I would tell you why Paul considers himself to be a prisoner. In verse he says, verse 8, he says, I am less than the least of all the saints. Because what was Paul doing in Acts chapter 9? Probably don't remember right offhand. He was persecuting the saints. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. He says in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Excuse me. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, then Saul, and you you don't probably don't have this up here. I don't know if I put it in there or not. 
Um, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from the synagogues of Damascus that he would find all of those who were in the way, whether men or women, and might, might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So Paul was on his way to go persecute more, more Jews, more believers. When, as we know in the Bible, it talks about the road to Damascus when, where he was converted. And because of that, he says, you know something? I know who I used to be. That's why I consider myself, as, as he says in, in another passage scripture, he says, I'm the chief sinner. So therefore, when God saves us, and maybe you didn't do drugs, maybe you never shot anybody, maybe you never punched anybody, maybe you never did the horrible things that would make the six o'clock news. But when you know the things that you did do, and you're like, God, but you saved me? So therefore, Paul says, if you save me, I consider myself to be your prisoner. I will be your slave. I am your legal property, and I'm bound legally by your blood of Jesus Christ to do whatever you tell me to do. That's how committed he was. I mean, people may not, I mean, (laughs) you're going to go to work? Tomorrow's like, hey, how's everybody doing? Fine, man. How was your weekend? Fine, yeah. Oh, man, I was in more bondage because I'm a slave of Jesus. We don't call ourselves slaves. We don't call ourselves prisoners. But that's just how committed he was. That's just how committed that he says, you know something, Lord? I belong to you. First Corinthians chapter 6, he says that we were bought with a price. That this is not our body. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, like me, I got to be careful. I got to watch what I put in my body. I'm going to watch it go in. (laughs) It's going to taste so good. But I'm going to pay the price if I don't take care of this temple. And then verse 10, back to to, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 10, he says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the church in the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And again, I talked the last time I was up, I talked about the heavenlies. The heavenlies are not where jetliners fly. The heavenlies are not where the moon and the stars and the meteors are. The heavenlies are right here in front of us. Heavenly places. The unknown, the unseen. And what is going on in the heavenlies? principalities and powers. He says it in the verse. Principalities and powers. How is that certain things can upset us, can disturb our day? And it's like, what is what in the world is going on? You walk into a room and you kind of sense there's a chaos. There's something, something's not right about what's going on, whether it's at work in your, at your house. You might go into Walmart and, and it just feels chaotic. It just feels chaotic. That's because of that. what's going on in the spiritual realm, the things we cannot see. Y'all follow me? It's, it's all around you. And again, don't, don't be looking for demons under rocks. Don't, don't, don't think that everything is out to attack you. But understand that our fight is not against flesh and blood. 
your fight is not against flesh and blood. And even if someone says to you, says something to you, don't always look, don't look at the flesh and blood. Think about the spirit behind what they're saying. Because people can say, you know, you know they're all saying, well, I'm going to just go give them peace of my mind. And I learned, <laughs> how much are you going to give them? How much can you afford to give them? But I learned in a, um, in a college class that I was taking that talked about human behavior. A, a person can do so many things, and my pet peeve is always is just driving because that's just, that's just something that I love to do, you know, whether it's on my job or in my own personal car, I just love driving. But, you know, a person can tailgate you, and it's something I used to do when I was a young driver. People can tailgate you, and you know how we tap our brakes to, and make them back off? Doing that is not going to make that person sick. What's wrong? Oh. <laughs> okay. But, you know, tapping your brakes when somebody's following you is not going to make them say, you know something? I'm never going to do that again. Because it's the spirit behind it. That does not change human behavior. What changes human behavior are things like the birth of a child, getting married, the death of a loved one, moving, losing your job, so many different things. But simply a simple act like, oh yeah, I'm going to go cuss them out and set them straight. That doesn't change their behavior because of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Keep that in mind next time somebody frustrates you. In verse 9, excuse me, he, he talks about the things being created or, um, yeah, okay, let me just read that again. Verse 9, he says, um, and I'm backtracking a little bit, to make, all thing, make you see all things in the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the ages, has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. All things being created through Jesus Christ. Part of the mystery is in the Old Testament, and there's over 50 scriptures that actually prophesy of the coming Messiah. And I didn't, I'm not going to tell you all of them. Or do we have time? <laughs> but think of one, one scripture, and perhaps this is familiar to you. He says, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and will call his name Emmanuel. Anybody ever heard that before? Isaiah, man, get that man a star. We have any stars? Okay. And then even if you watch Charlie Brown Christmas, at one point, who is it? Who is Charlie Brown's little brother, Linus? Is it? Who? Lucy, Linus? Man, I might have to go back and watch that. <laughs> I'm up here. Preach up there, told me a lie. <laughs> But I remember uh, in the scene um, at the end, because Charlie Brown is all upset about the tree and it's falling apart. And, you know, you know, and I can't remember. It's been so long since I watched it. But then Linus gets up and he says at the play that they're having, he says, for unto us, a child is born unto us. A son is given. And he's reading. He's quoting scripture. He is quoting scripture. But all these tell of the prophecy of the coming Messiah. But there is no prophecy about this mystery, how God is going to get the Jews and the Gentiles to work together. But it's now been revealed to us. 
and we're doing it right now because we have people from all walks of life, different colors. We have men and women in here, and God is bringing us all together, all of us together. All right. Verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. And I've already read it where it talked about the principalities and powers in heavenly places. You know what, what the beauty of this is? It's thinking about our relationship with God. That God created us in his image. God created us in his image. And we are so special. We are so special that, it, that the Bible even says that um, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. Um, excuse me, verse 10, he says, Of this salvation the prophets have, required, have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come. But then jumping down to verse 12, to them it was revealed that, not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who we have preached the gospel to by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And this is the beauty of it. Things that angels desire to look into. The gospel is being preached and spread throughout the world and the mysteries are made known to us. But you know, of all the things that God created, there's cherubim and seraphim. These heavenly bodies, and they cannot comprehend the relationship that God has with us. They're like, what's going on, God? Why are you doing this? And God's like, worship me. Worship me. And, and he's not putting them off. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of making light of it, but he's not putting them off. But God is saying, this is the relationship of those who I have, that I have with those that I created in my image. That's how much they mean to me. The angels, their full-time job, I mean, and they have several things. And, and there's like seven different assignments that, that angels do. They carry messages. They protect us. They reveal things to us. They, they do so many things. But the angels in heaven spend most of, the, well, they spend all of their time worshiping God. And others are, are doing warfare on our behalf. But none of them will ever know what it's like to be set free from sin. And they cannot comprehend how much God loves us. Can y'all, can y'all feel that? How much God loves you, that, that he's telling you things that he can't even tell angels? He didn't send his son to die for the angels, even though there was war in heaven and Lucifer got kicked out. God could have just like, okay, that's it, I'm done. But he loved us enough that he's like, you know something, I'm going to tell y'all something, and guess what, they don't even know it. And even if they do, you see somebody else get a present and it's like, they go, oh, I've always, how did you know I wanted this? It's like, I've just been watching, I know. And we're like, Lord, you gave me the gift of your son? 
I don't understand. And God's like, because I already know. And the angels can't comprehend that. And then finally, I want to finish up in verse 13. He says, therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Again, Paul understands the grace of God. And when I, when I use the uh, point of pressing under pressure, and probably don't remember, but in the very beginning when I gave an overall uh, um, um, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> when I gave you an overall um, um, synopsis, yeah, overview of the book of Ephesians, understand that when Paul, in the very beginning, he says, I'm a prisoner. Yes, physically, he was a prisoner. He was physically a prisoner because Paul was under arrest when he wrote the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, however people pronounce that. But he said, you know something? As, they, as the saying goes, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. Paul says, I'm in prison now. What else do I have to do? Let me write a letter to the church of Ephesus. I'm going to make the best of the situation I'm in. And do we make the best of the situation that we're in? Do you just go through the motions? It's like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And just have a bad attitude. No, we can't do that. Because the lives that are connected to our lives are so important. I remember back in 19, it was like January 1991. And it was right at the beginning, right before um, Saddam Hussein had already invaded Kuwait. And it was a time building up to what was the first Gulf War. And at first I was held over in Germany. They wouldn't let anybody go. Everyone had to stop in place. They called it stop loss. If you were ready to retire, you couldn't retire. If you were ready to move from one duty station to another, you couldn't move. If you had vacation plan, you could not go. No one on active duty could go anywhere. And finally they realized, okay, if you have a school date, and I did, I have a school date. I was in Germany. I had to go to Fort Knox, Kentucky. They said, if you have a school date, you can go to school. But then you have to go back to your original place. But for me, I was going to go to school en route to my next duty station. In fact, my duty station and my school were in the same place. But then I'm getting mixed signals from the Department of of the Army about what are they going to do with me once I'm done with this course. And I remember something was going on I can't remember but a guy I had known since basic training in 1979 and here it is 1991 and I end up running into this guy and I'm walking up and down the halls and literally I'm cussing because of what is going on all of this chaos is going on and this guy of all the things he could have said to me and I I can't remember verbatim he was like I ain't never heard you cuss like that How do you think that affects somebody else's life? Because we feel like, oh, I'm entitled to to blow off some steam. We give up that right. The Bible does say be angry, 
but sin not. It's okay to be angry. It's okay for something to upset you because you're angry as a parent. That's why you go to PTA meetings because you don't like what's going on maybe in the school. That's why in your civic leagues and your HOAs, you're angry because they're not picking up your trash. You are angry, so you go to a board meeting. It's okay to be angry. Just don't sin. Just don't sin. So I'm done with all of that. I hope you all got something out of this. I hope that it's something that you can take and apply to your everyday life. Remember, everything is recorded, so if you don't get it right now or you didn't get your notes down, hey, go back and watch it again. Not saying that I'm that great of a preacher. That's not the point. But, you know, we're human. We can't remember everything that everybody tells us. So for those of you who have watched us, we just believe that God has spoken a word to you on today. We pray that your spirit has received it and it's going to bring forth a harvest. That you'll be able to share these words and other words with other people. And God is going to bless you because of that. Excuse me. We ask that if everyone who doesn't know Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior, take a moment and and pray in your own words for the Lord to come into your, your heart. And he doesn't care. Like he said, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's slaves nor free, male nor female. God doesn't care about who you are or where you've been, what you've done. All he wants is your willing heart to say, Lord, come into my life. Accept me right now. And you don't have to call yourself a slave. You don't have to call yourself a prisoner. Because in the, by definition, in all reality, the Lord is going to set you free. The Lord is going to set you free. And to whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So thank you for watching. We pray that you join us again next week. Maybe here in the building or again, watch us online. We love you and we thank God for you. Have a blessed week. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for this day. Um, Thank everyone for coming out. We know the weather's, like I said, a little cool, a little... Not as great as it was, but we're just glad you came today. Pastor Winnie and I love you, and um, we care for you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Paul. You were on point today. Um, and, I, and I do want to emphasize uh, with the holidays coming up, um, let's be, and this was a lesson I had to learn for myself. Do what you can for others for the holidays if you can't be at somebody's house because they're serving dinner or whatever if you can't make it you can't make it if somebody's pressuring you about oh you know I want this for Christmas if you can't afford it don't go into debt I remember somebody asked me of something one time and I actually took something that belonged to me and went to a pawn shop and sold it just so I could go get this person something they wanted for Christmas I would never do that again. 
And if this handsome face and this cool personality ain't enough for you, then, you know, I'm sorry. Won't be nothing under your tree. <laughs> so anyway, just be wise for the holidays, all right? So I'm going to um, bless the offering, and then we're going to give the benediction. Pastor, when do you have anything? Okay. So we can stand to our feet. Thank God again for Pastor Wendy and our musicians for everything they do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Valente. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for every gift and every giver. But we thank you, Lord, because you are our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Everything we have Lord, we get from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variant. So, Lord, we give back to you freely, out of a cheerful heart. And, Lord, we know, we know that you're going to use it to build your kingdom, to touch someone else's life. But in the meantime, Lord, you're going to bless every hand and every heart that sows a seed on today. Lord, now as we leave this place, Lord, we thank you that we're never outside of your presence. We pray the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit and the angels of God are camped round about us. As we go from this place and throughout this week, Lord, we thank you for life and the liberty of your spirit working in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.